there. We're real glad you found our podcasts from Life Church in Benalla, Australia. We pray this message is a real blessing to you. If you've got a Bible with you today, turn to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah. Prophet Isaiah. Chapter 55. I don't know what your Bible, your version of the Bible will say, but mine says, Ho. Yours will probably say, Come. And, uh, uh, ho, come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labour on, on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me. And eat what is good, and your soul will delight itself in abundance. It's beautiful, isn't it? Lord, I just pray you would anoint the word that is spoken this morning. Lord, that you will impart it into our lives as it is needed. I ask you that today. In Jesus' name. Amen. I, I wish I had speakers going out all around the northeast today. If you're thirsty, come. It's an invitation. It's an open invitation if you're thirst. And it doesn't obviously mean that if you haven't had a drink of water for a while and you're thirsty, obviously that's not it. It's talking about something way, way, way deeper than that. It's talking about a longing inside. It's talking about a deep spiritual thirst for truth, for something that is different, for something that is better and what you will find anywhere out there in the world. Who wants truth? We, you know, we, we're sold so much rubbish these days, aren't we? And uh, I believe people have got a longing to hear the truth, and the church should be the pillar of truth. And, uh, uh, man, I, I just, yeah, if you thirst today, come to the waters, it says. An, an open invitation to come. So what was Isaiah writing about here? What's, what's the waters? Come to the waters. The waters are the waters of salvation. The everlasting spring of water that springs up into everlasting life. That's what the invitation is to come to, uh, the, the waters of salvation. And uh, he wrote that money can't buy wine. So it's, he's not talking to people that haven't got the cash to go and buy a bottle of wine. Uh, that's not what he's talking about. The wine that he is talking about is uh, its inner, its spirit, its, uh, its soul, happiness and contentment and, and joy on the inside. M money can't buy that. He's talking about something money, you don't need money, money can't buy. And milk, it's not the sort we've just been talking about that goes got a use-by date. It's, uh, it's spiritual... Uh, spiritual nourishment, the milk that's spoken of in Scripture, but it talks of a blessing and abundance when Israel were promised the land of Israel way, way, way back in the Old Testament. 
they were promised a land flowing with milk and honey and it didn't mean there was milk running across the ground or down the rivers but it was a land flowing with abundance and blessing and uh, that's what the invitation that the prophet Isaiah here is giving to his readers, he's writing, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, have no money. Has anyone ever had no money? Ever had no money? Yeah. Yeah, we've all been in that boat, I'm sure, that if you just had money, you'd be able to buy what you need and it would make everything better. And uh, But, man, if you've got no money, you're blessed because you don't need money to buy this, okay? It, it's something that's outside of money and, uh, uh, you know, money can't buy happiness, can it? John and Paul worked that out a long time ago. And I guess now that you're thinking the Apostle Paul and the Apostle John, but I was actually meaning the Beatles, John and Paul, they wrote a song, didn't they? Money can't buy me love. <laughs> and so uh, it certainly can't do that. But... Uh, 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 money, short of cash, whatever. The, the world system is money, isn't it? The world system is totally money. Everything is built on money. And uh, government, everything resolves, revolves, resolves, revolves around money. Justice really revolves around money in our society these days. If you can afford good legal help, you can just about get what you want. If you can't, you're thrown out with the rest. And uh, justice is sparse at times, like uh, all based on money. But folks, if uh, we will give our lives to Jesus Christ, ask him to forgive our sin, come into our lives, what we do when we do in that is we're drinking of the waters of salvation. But something happens, you, you, you come, uh, become a member of a new kingdom. You, you're not part of the world system, even though we may live in it, but you, you become a part of the kingdom of God. And it's not financially based, amen? It's faith-based. It's a different kingdom altogether. And uh, it's a fair kingdom because it doesn't matter what you've got and what you haven't got. It totally depends on what's in your heart. If you've got faith, man, you can have whatever you want. Praise God. There's nothing you can't gain by faith in the kingdom of God. And uh, I'd rather be living there, would you? Seriously? It's way, 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 way better, isn't it? Why spend money as I write on what is not bread? Jesus is the bread of life. See, we, we, we can eat of something spiritually that will satisfy us. And... Uh, yeah, listen, listen to me. He says, eat what is good and your soul will delight itself in abundance. The prophet Isaiah is writing here in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 1 and 2. He's writing about the incredible salvation and blessing that the promised Messiah would bring. And he is writing here 700 years before Jesus came. And he's writing of the, of the milk, the wine, you know, the blessing of salvation 
700 years before it happened. And I don't, I don't know what that does to you, but that, that stirs up my heart when I read that. That, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, Scripture always fits in with and complements Scripture. Scripture never contradicts itself. Some people try and point out that it does, but it doesn't. It does not contradict itself. And uh, so 700 years after Isaiah prophesied, Jesus, who was the promised Messiah, stood up on the last day of the feast. You know that in the book of John, chapter 7, verse 37, on the last day, the last uh, day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and what, what did he cry out? If anyone thirsts, is anyone here thirsty? He cried out with a loud voice. He got everyone's attention. And he said, if anyone thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, out of of the inside will flow rivers of living water. That's abundance, isn't it? I, I want you to know today that if you will come to the waters of salvation and drink, if you will live your life in the word of God, there's abundance for you. Amen? There's no laws on how much you can eat. You know, I can remember when you had something nice uh, as, as opposed to something, uh, well, like, ordinary when you were a child. Does anyone know what I mean? Like like you could have veggies and it was sort of, you know, I, I had to eat them. I was told they were good for me. <laughs> I assume they are. I don't know. My wife likes them. But, uh, uh, you know, pizza's different, isn't it? <laughs> Chocolate pudding is different than just a sandwich, like it, it's just there's no comparison, and so I, I, I sort of the way I was, I, I could I could eat chalky pudding all day. Just yeah, hand me the tin, mate. Tip the custard on, and I'll go. You know, <laughs> let me let me finish. Just give me time. I'll eat it. Like uh, remember my mum saying, "No, you've had enough. That's enough. That's all you get. You can't have any more than that." You'd be lusting after this thing, you know, but. In God, like seriously, there's abundance and there is no limits on what we can take in. I want more, do you? Seriously, I want more of God. We've just touched the tip of the iceberg of what we can have in God. And I'm determined as your pastor that Life Church Benalla is going to be a church of abundance where you can come and just receive the good things of God in abundance because there's no measure. God doesn't say, oh, gee, Ian's got a bit too blessed this week. We'll have to hold a bit back from him then. Yeah, you can't have that. There's no limit on the blessing of God, okay? I, I really want you to know that today. So, uh, so 700 years before Jesus came, God knew he was coming. And I, and I get excited about that because without sort of taking all the scriptures apart and explaining in sort of detail today... What that means is that if God knew that, he knew about you too. He knew about me. Even before I existed, God knew about me. God knew about you before you existed. In the world, you're just a number. 
And I don't mean to be awful today, but statistically, really, you don't matter. And uh, I, um, before I, I, I swim, well, I used to swim every morning until I got crook, and I haven't been, I think if I would have sunk if I tried to do anything in the last three weeks. But if you join the Aquatic Centre in Benelli, you get a number. And mine's 3140. And so uh, Pam's a good little girl. She has a little card like everyone, and they wave the card. No, I can't. I don't even know where my card is. I don't care. I just know my number. <laughs> I just walk in and they, and they know me. 3140, yep, it's me. Just a number, I said the other day. Yeah, yeah. well, well you know, you're more than that to us, they say. <laughs> like fun. But in God, you're more than that. He knows about you. He knows everything about your life today. Where you sit right here today, there is nothing you could tell him. He knows about you. And I reckon that's fantastic. Amen? I'm glad that the God I serve today knows about me. He knows what you think. There's not even a thought you can have that he doesn't know about. There's times through my life I found that a bit scary when I would think about things that maybe he doesn't like too much, but... Uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm glad at times my parents didn't know what I was thinking when you, you know, how it is and you're sort of growing up and and uh, my dad was ranting on one day about something and we had to do and we, you know, and I, and I thought, gee, if you knew what I was thinking about, Dad, I'd, I'd get a building again. You're lucky you don't know, but God does know everything that you think about. But praise God, I love him for that. I'm glad that he does know that. Amen? And there's not a need that you have, there's not a longing in your heart that he does not know about. Way, way, way before he knew you'd be longing for what you're longing for years before you were even born, forever. He knew that. So that gives me great, great, great confidence that I can make a true life and I can do well. Amen? Because my God, I know, can provide all my needs. Not based on the world system, not based on how much money I have, but he can provide all my needs through his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And they are immense. Amen? They are immense. If you knew how rich God was... I, I think you wouldn't believe it. Like, it, it just incredible riches that Christ has. And he's able to meet my needs out of them. And that's better than the world system. Amen? He can meet your financial needs in the world system through his riches in Christ's glory. You know that, don't you? That's why we sow and we, we give offerings. One is because we want to bless his work in this place. But when you sow, you're sowing and God can bless you out of that. I love God's system. Amen? There's no bank managers in it. Yeah. I've, I've, I've ever, I'm, I don't know. I, I think I've got a vivid imagination at times, but I've sat in bank managers' offices at times and, and they've been looking at me and looking at the figures and you can just see the body language, you know, and you think, well, this is not good. But God told me they would give me the money. I've just been sitting there thinking, hey, <laughs> hey, nice office you got here, yeah. 
all the rest, and they're sitting there, and they're, they're given all the negative body language, and I know God told me they're going to give me the money. Mm. Mm. And, and the, yeah, well, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I, I, I think we'll let you have the money. And the, yeah, I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> God's greater than all this stuff. Amen. He's able to look after you. He's able to bless you. I want you to know that today. Praise God. So, uh, you know, who's ever had a shock? I get shocked and sad a lot of the times, Lisa, I do. We have things happen, don't we? Whoa, where did that come from? Just, well, that's not good. Or sometimes it is good. It can be good and bad. But things can happen that totally surprise us. But the truth is that God knew they were going to happen anyway. He knew a long time before. And uh, uh, so he's not surprised. You know, God doesn't get like the queen, shocked and saddened. He, he knows what's going on. And so uh, uh, I, I just love belonging to a God who knows things because if he knows they're going to happen, he knows what to do. Is that right? Do you believe that? I believe God knows what to do. Seriously, God knows what to do. And uh, so as we put our life in his hands and trust in him, life is a different deal, isn't it? It's different living. Kingdom living is different to living in the world. It really, really, really is. But may I say to you today that that is at times where it goes wrong. He already knows what to do. Often we have problems because we think we know what to do. Who honestly here today has prayed a prayer of instruction to God about what he needs to do to meet your need. Who's ever done that? Am I the only one? I bet you I am not. few of you are just sneaking your hand up about this high. Yeah. Oh. Lord, this is, I, I, I need this and you need to do that and you need to make them do this and that so I can get this and you. What a silly thing to pray. God is so much greater and so much better bigger than us that's where we really at times get into problem uh let me read a little can i read a little further down in isaiah chapter 55 can i read starting from verse 6 it says this seek the lord while he may be found call on him while he is near i'm I'm reading verses 6 and 7 just because i love them because i really want to get to the verses after that but i just love these verses verse 7 let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts let them turn to the lord and he will have mercy on them see you find grace in the kingdom you find mercy it operates on a different system who loves the mercy of god Ephesians 2.4, for God who is rich in mercy. Because of his great love with which he loved us. I love that. He's rich in mercy. He'll have mercy on them and to our God, for he will freely pardon. The world wants to convict. God wants to forgive if we will ask him. Amen? He's a God of forgiveness. Love that. But these are the verses, verse 8, the uh, prophet writes uh, under under, uh, inspiration of the Holy Spirit, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. This is God saying this, okay, the Lord saying this. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, 
so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Wow. Isn't that awesome? What the word of God says to us there. At times what God does doesn't make sense to us. Has anyone ever experienced that? Seriously? Like, who's experienced that, you know, God does that? Don't understand it. Don't understand it. I've told you before the time we so wanted to buy this house, Pam and I, and this, this property, and had everything we wanted which I could run my business from and we prayed about it and we went to the bank manager on that occasion he said you can have whatever you want I had money back then and yeah bid to this no problems at all what about my other house oh keep it or sell it I don't care he says you're doing all right oh, mate this is awesome we prayed about it we were so excited and we were like I don't know, my grandkids do that when they're waiting for jelly beans and I was excited this is going to the auction Lovely morning, ladies and gentlemen. Come to the auction of this wonderful property, position, position, you know, all the garbage they go on with. But he said, unfortunately, the property's off the market. We've sold it this morning. I thought, how can this happen? We prayed about this. We (laughs) felt like throwing a little tantrum. How can this happen, you know? And I said to Pam, what do you think's going on? She's, She's... Terrible way. She always is not like me. She just is sensible. She says, well, probably God's got something better on there. He had something better. Had a shed on it and it had a fuel tank on it. I remember about six weeks later driving home from Beechworth in my truck, all loaded up with machinery and whatever, driving home and down the bottom of the Laneva Gap. And, uh, you sort of got to come down there a bit steady or you can't stop if you've got to in a truck. And so uh, there's a beautiful little place down there. Always loved it. It's an auction. That's the first time I've seen that. And then run off the road. I thought, gee, that's a nice little place. That would be way better than the other one. And it was. God had something better. <laughs> but we can't work it out at the time. We think, what's going on? It's always like that. You know, I often think of Abraham and Sarah. They had a baby boy when they're in their 90s. How would you like that? Getting up and doing the nappies all through the night when you're 90s. Yeah. Hey, do you think you could go and get him? Oh, Got the walking stick. Like, I just, you know, why, why didn't he give them a baby when they were in their 20s? When Abe was 30 and Sarah was 21, that would have been a good age, wouldn't it? You know, like God lets it go right, right, right through until it's humanly impossible to happen and then gives him a child, like amazing. Like, why does God do that? Because God wants you to know when you get miracles that he did it and you didn't. Amen? Because in our humanness, sometimes we think we did it and we didn't do it. We need to be clear that it's God who blesses us and gives us those amazing things that happen sometimes. I, I can remember watching the, you probably all backslide this morning, and I'll tell you this, that, that I remember watching the Paul Hogan show. Remember, he, he was a drunk one day and there was another old drunk and they were, they were having a fight and so they, they were having a fight and, and he come in and he went, like that, and he missed and he sort of staggered around. 
And what he didn't know was the other bloke had swung a punch to and he fell over. And he looked around, he's lying on the ground. Oh, he's going like this, like I did this, but he didn't do that. Little eight-year old come along and pushed him over shortly after and down he went. But uh, he thought he did it. But we're like that sometimes. I think, oh, I did a good job there, didn't I? I, 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 I. God wants us to know that it's him. And sometimes when things are not happening for you and you cannot understand it, it puts it in God's time frame. And then when something does happen, you know that God did it. And he wants us to know that. Amen? Don't despair. His ways are higher. You just don't know what God has and what God's doing sometimes. Praise God. As I start getting toward the end of this message this morning, another incredibly powerful thing in our favour is that God's given us his word. And it's powerful. Amen? The word of God is something absolutely incredible. Let me read verses 10 and 11. Isaiah chapter 55. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven. Word of God's not hard to understand. The Bible's not hard to understand. It explains itself well if you really look at it. Excuse me. As the rain and snow comes down from heaven. So we understand that. Down it comes. Been coming down a lot this week. A lot more than in Queensland, hey? Yeah. Coming down so much. I'm sick of it, actually. But it comes down. You know what it means. It comes down from heaven and does not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. We understand the principle that rain comes down, waters the ground and the ground grows and produces because it needs the water that comes down. And uh, there's a there's a you know there's a that's a principle there that works. We know that happens. That's how the earth works. But then God adds this. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. So when he speaks his word, it's like the rain coming down. When he speaks his word, his word comes down on us. And as the rain goes into the earth and produces something, so does his word when he speaks it, when it goes out will not return to me void or empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. It's awesome, isn't it? So his word works and it does accomplish things. The thing we've really got to understand is that we've got to read his word and get his word into us. That's a great start. Sometimes God will speak a word to you, but... uh, you know, I've had words given to me. Many of you have had words spoken over you that someone has prophetically spoken. And if that's true, if that's the word of God, it will accomplish what, you know, will work. It will happen. It's, it's, there's no problems with that. But more times than not, many, 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 many more times than not, God has spoken to me out of his word as I read it. You read the word and you think, wow, look at that. So chapter 59, 
in the in the verses in that chapter I can't remember the verse off the top of my head I never can but it talks of generational salvation that his salvation is from generation to generation I remember reading that one day whoa man it just got me you know how it gets you God God gets your attention when you read it and I I read that and I thought God I'm You've spoken that to me. That is, I love that, generational salvation. Some people are into generational curses. Well, man, I'm into generational salvation. Praise God. And it goes on and on and on. And so I claim that for my children and for my children's children and for their children and their children. Man, I'm just, I'm a believer. God has spoken generational salvation. I believe that. But there's thousands of things God can speak, but you really need to get into the word and let it get into you. Then you become dangerous to the enemy. Amen? Praise God. His word is incredible. But folks, today, I don't don't know where you're all at. I really don't. Uh, I, I don't know if everyone here has made a commitment to Christ today and given your life to him, but that's where life starts when we do that. When we call out to him, when we drink the waters of salvation, it's really saying, Jesus, will you come into my life? Will you forgive my sin? Will you come in and be my Lord and take my life and lead it and lead me in the way that you want me to go? Will you provide for me? Will you look after me? That's what drinking of the the waters of salvation is. And I want to give anyone who hasn't yet opportunity to do that today. But I'm also, this morning, I just want to know that if you're not happy on the inside, you know what I mean? Like I could say, hi, hi, (laughs) how you going today? Yeah, isn't life awesome? (laughs) So good, so happy. Think of faulty towers. Remember poor old Basil? Yeah. His wife says, What's wrong with you, Basil? You look happy. Happy. Oh, I remember he said happy. No, it's not that. <laughs> not that sort of happy, you know what I mean? It's because uh, you don't know what goes on on the inside. We can, we can look happy, but are you happy on the inside? Do you have peace on the inside? Is your mind happy that's probably the best way I could put it are you happy in your mind do you go to sleep at night and just go to sleep or do you go over and over and over and over things in your mind that's going on God wants you to have peace in your mind on the inside can I can I read you a couple of verses these are not out of the word of God they're by the prophet Dylan I mean uh, <coughs> no how do I make it sound better? They're by Bob Dylan. This is a song of his. It goes like this. How many times have you heard someone say, if I had his money, I'd do things my way. But little they know it's so hard to find one rich man in ten with a satisfied mind. That's the thing. Once I was waiting in fortune and fame, everything that I dreamed of to get a start in life's game. But suddenly it happened, I lost every dime. But I'm richer by far with a satisfied mind. When my life is over and my time has run out, 
My friends and my loved ones, I'll leave them, there's no doubt. But one thing's for certain, when it comes my time, I'll leave this old world with a satisfied mind. I love that, amen? God wants to give you a satisfied mind today. Come to the waters and drink. I just want to encourage you to do that today. Let's close our eyes. Drift off to sleep. No, no, that's not what I mean. Let's close our eyes. Let's give everyone privacy. You feel you could do that? I I reckon I could go to sleep standing here if I just, yeah, let it all drift away. Bang, what's happened to him? He's an idiot. No, close your eyes. Give everyone privacy. Is there anyone today that would like to say to Jesus, yeah, I want you to come into my life today. I want to give my life to you. Is there anyone at all today? Just raise a hand. I just want to give you opportunity. Life starts when you give it to Jesus, let me tell you. It will change you for the better. You will never, ever, ever be the same for the better if you will do that. Anyone at all. And if I miss your hand today, come up to me after and say, Pastor Darrell, if you weren't being so silly, you might have seen my hand. But I, I, I want you to raise it if you need that. And if today you would say to me, Daryl, I need, I just want something on the inside that I haven't got. I just, I just want peace. I want something better than what I've got on the inside. I, I want a satisfied mind. If that's you today, just raise your hand because I want to pray for you today. Yeah, see, lots of hands. Lots and lots of hands. Because he's able to do what he says he can do. Do you know that? I've had men make promises to me and let me down terribly. I can remember doing a contract job in Geraldery and had a, had a man there running the job on behalf of the New South Wales and government. government. Yeah, no problems. You can do that. Give you my word. Yeah, no, I don't mind you doing that. No problems at all. When it come down to it in the end, and an inspector come along who, different man, you can't do that. I said, well, Jack said we could do that. Oh, no, I never said that. Oh, no, I never meant that. He just went back on his word and left us in a huge hole. You ever had people promise you things? You might have even had a partner promise you things and they let let you down. But I'm telling you what, folks, God's word will not let you down. God is as good as his word. So can I pray for you today? Is that okay? I'm going to pray for you today whether you like it or not. I'm going to include you in my prayer and I'm going to pray for you today. Praise God. Lord, I come to you today and through the name of Jesus. I pray for everyone in this place today, everyone. Lord, I pray for those who so need you to come and minister into their hearts today. Lord, whose minds are in turmoil. Oh God, I pray peace today. I pray the peace of God would reign instead of the turmoil that's been there. Oh God, I ask that today. Every life here who needs you to come in and minister in that way, I pray that you would do that today in the name of Jesus. Oh, I speak your peace today. Hallelujah. 
God, where there are storms in people's lives today, I just speak that word, peace. Be still today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every storm must still at the voice of Jesus. I pray that for you today. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lord, I sense today there are lives, and they're not here today, but they're part of our fellowship. And there's just turmoil going on in their hearts today, and that turmoil is not of you. Lord, I just speak in the authority that you give me in your name today. And I pray peace in their hearts as well, wherever they are. In the name of Jesus. God, you want best for us. You don't want less. You want best. I pray your best in every life and every heart that's here today. In the name of Jesus. Jesus' name. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for physical healing today. Oh, God, every body here that today that needs to be healed physically, I speak healing now in the name of Jesus right across this room today. In Jesus' name, praise God in Jesus' name. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to minister right across this room now. Right across this room now, Holy Spirit. I ask you to come on lives today here in such a way that people know that God himself is ministering into their life today. Holy Spirit, do that, we pray. Hmm. Oh, praise God, praise God. It's just a sovereign moment here for some of you today. I don't know what God's doing, but every demonic thing that has been messing with people's lives, causing all sorts of things and sickness and bringing up stuff from the past. I rebuke you today in the name of Jesus. I bind you today in Jesus' name. And I tell you to get out of here in the name of Jesus and never come back. Get out of every life in the name of Jesus and don't you ever come back. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lord, you walked out of the tomb three days after you died, absolutely victorious. I just declare today that the enemy is defeated in Jesus' name. Absolutely defeated. The only thing I know that's true about the the enemy, folks, is he's a jolly good liar. Tells great lies. But don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. Yeah. Just let yourself grow in the word of God and let yourself start to understand the truth that is in there. And he won't deceive you anymore. He tries to do that, doesn't he? 
Praise God. Remember when we first come to Benalla at the the wreckers at Claridge's there, you used to have a wrecking business and you had an aeroplane there. Steve was only a little tacker. He said, Dad, there's an aeroplane there with all the cars. I said, yeah, mate. I said, some silly bloke come to get some parts for his car and he landed there out the front because you don't need a whole lot of room to land a plane. And when he tried to take off, he couldn't take off. There's no room. So he had to leave it there. Steve said, wow, didn't you, mate? He said, wow, yeah, whoa. Yeah, I just noticed a year later, he said to me, are you sure that's what happened with that aeroplane? Yeah, yeah. It's come to get parts. I said, yep. And a couple of years after that, Steve said, I don't know that you're telling me the truth, Dad. <laughs> like he realised that it was a lie. I wasn't really lying. I was just joking with him, but I suppose sometimes we do that. Yeah, I want you to know today that the devil tells you lies. Yeah, praise God. How are you all doing? Who's good? Who's glad you came? I'm glad about that. I'm glad about that. I'm glad I came. Yeah, praise God. God's a good God. We hope this podcast has been a real blessing to you. If you'd like to know more about Life Church Vanilla, search the web for Life Church Vanilla or search Facebook for Life Church Vanilla. Have a fantastic week.